It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. On today's Locked On Thunder podcast, the Oklahoma City Thunder can't get it going in L.A. against the Lakers. Did the Lakers expose some of OKC's weaknesses. We'll talk about it all in today's show. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast, on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, media member, editor-in-chief over at thunderousintentions.com, Ryland Styles. Follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter at LOThunderPod. Email the show, LOThunderPod at gmail.com. On today's show, brought to you by our good, good friends over at FanDuel. We're going to talk about this Thunder team not being able to really get it going against L.A. And if L.A. possibly exploited some of those weaknesses for Oklahoma City and how the Thunder can avoid this from spiraling out of control. And we have your takeaways all on today's show. Today's show, again, is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more at FanDuel. Go there right now. Because if you place a $5 bet, you get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed. Go check it out today at fandle.com slash locked on. Fandle.com slash locked on. So the Thunder fall to the Lakers on the road. First night of a back-to-back, but honestly, it looked like it was the second night of a back-to-back. It was very sluggish. Uh, the Thunder just did not have that, that proper punch in this game. And, and really, the story of this game was one step forward, two steps back, because there were multiple sequences where, for example, Isaiah Joe gets a steal and goes, slams it home. It's a four-point game now, uh, and the Thunder are right there in the thick of things. Chet Holmgren gets a block, and then he turns it over. Lakers score in transition. Another turnover. Lakers score. Now it's a nine-point game, and then they get just swelled up after the Thunder cut it down so close. So, like, those type of things, you get these energizing plays and then it immediately deflates that was the story of this game and 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 the thunder you know and lakers battled hard like there was a lot of back and forth especially early on the thunder uh, grew a seven point lead early uh there was 10 lead changes uh, i'm sorry 10 ties 17 lead changes the lakers never led by more than 13 uh, so this game never really got out of hand in either direction uh, the, the lakers were actually only a plus four in the rebounding category 
they, they also turned it over six more times than Oklahoma City. The big key here is the Thunder only shot 30% from three, which they typically have shot a lot better from three. They've, they've been, for the majority of this season, the best three-point shooting team in the NBA, and, and, and they came into this game uh, two-tenths of a percentage point off of being number one still uh, in the NBA from three-point land, uh, but they, they didn't shoot the ball well in this game at all. They shot 41% from the floor, which is a huge decline from, from where they had been. Uh, they had been one of the most efficient teams in the NBA, but 90% at the free throw line. So the Thunder, we, we talked about the un- un- uncharacteristic things, that they they miss threes that they usually make. They they are inefficient inside, which they usually are not. And then here, here's another one. They usually dominate points in the paint because they're getting downhill so much. In this case, they didn't do that either. They lost points in the paint by 20. They usually dominate fast break points because they're getting out and running in transition, even though they narrowly lost the rebounding battle and they won the turnover battle. The Thunder got thoroughly outplayed in transition and they lost it by 10. Uh, but then the Thunder, again, uncharacteristically this time in a positive way, they won second chance points because they actually really did well in the offensive glass in this contest. So this was just a weird game all the way around. You know, SGA came into this game uh, questionable with a knee injury. We talked about how he kind of bumped knees with Jalen Suggs on Saturday. He played, but he clearly was not himself in this game. I mean, it was just obvious uh, from from all um, you know athletic standpoints. Uh, he, he played well. It's not as though he played just awful, but he didn't have his normal bag of tricks. He didn't have that same burst into that second move that he typically does. He just didn't look right. He just didn't look like SGA. And not looking like SGA still gets 25 points, you know, three rebounds and, and six assists, a steal, a block, and shoots 47% from the floor. But uh, he he just didn't have his, his normal relentless attack downhill either. I only had 14 shots, in the, I'm sorry, 19 shots in this game. Uh, but I, I think that ultimately there's two different camps that are happening right now. You either you know, look at this and say it's one game of an 82-game season, or you look at this and you try to reinvent the wheel. The Thunder have only lost 12 games so far, and each of the 12 games that they've lost, the fan base has really taken that and kind of ran with it as a way to dissect the bigger picture, dissect what this all means, what's the meaning of life. And in reality, these games at times happen. Now, there's also room to react and room to properly um, evaluate what happened. So big picture wise, I don't think anything changes. I think what actually changes is, is relatively small picture where there are some frustrating things about this game. We're going to get into the rotation. We're going to get into your takeaways. The Lakers are when, when they're playing at their best are a bad matchup for Oklahoma city because they are able to uh, go bigger but not go so big that you can exploit them for going big. And so it's not as though they have two cinder blocks down low that just can't defend on the island and can't defend in peri- on the perimeter. They actually just have you know athletic bigs that, that are bigger than what the Thunder can throw out there. And so they can exploit the weaknesses. I mean, Jared Vanderbilt was incredible off the bench, and he was doing things that uh, he hasn't done to this point in the season. He was, he was getting out, getting uh, steals, getting deflections, running the fast break. Uh, those are things that he struggled with throughout the year for LA so far. He turned it around in Oklahoma City. I, I think that their ability to go big 
uh, hurts Oklahoma City. I think that the, the any team's ability to to effectively play a zone hurts Oklahoma City. Uh, so those things are uh, prominent for this team. It doesn't mean that they that they that they've built a bad team or that they're they're on the wrong path or trajectory or or flawed in their team building strategies. But this specific team will get hurt when when you play an effective zone on defense. Will get hurt whenever you have athletic bigs where you can play with size, but also not give up uh, a, a ton of uh, athleticism to, to get beat outside on the perimeter uh, on the defensive end. Those things are just going to happen for Oklahoma City because even if and and when they go make a trade, I think that that Sam Presti has a long track record. If you really dive into it, of uh, doing something to improve the team, even last year's team was improved at the deadline. Um, they're not going to go trade for some superstar this this season. First of all, superstar trades in season are very hard, even if you wanted to make them. Uh, th- th- those are typically reserved for the summer. Number two, whoever they trade for, I think, will be a Kelly Olenek type. Someone who, yes, you're going to play. Yes, really helps your team. But you're not going to lean on them as much as you're going to lean on these core guys. And these core guys kind of have... Um, room to grow, especially in terms of trying to beat his own defense. And part of that uh, is due to whenever your shots aren't falling, it's even harder uh, to, to play that way. Now, the, the other big picture thing that I think people ran with was defending Shea. I, you know, I don't think that the Lakers had the blueprint on how to defend Shea. I think that Shea defended Shea in the sense of like Shea wasn't fully healthy, in, in my opinion. You, you watched him and there's no way I don't think you can say that he's fully healthy. So We've seen other teams throughout the season shade two guys over to Shea, and that's what they're going to do in the playoffs. They're going to shade two guys over to them and, and force the other guys to beat you. Everyone's seen that so far, and yet it's resulted in the same thing, where SGA scores 30 points a game, uh, and typically the Thunder you know, uh, shoot better and uh, make you pay for leaving them open. So like, we've seen that strategy. And yes, if Shea has a bum knee and his teammates are missing wide-open shots, the Thunder are going to lose games. I totally agree with that. But the context of it uh, sort of matters whenever you're talking about like, oh, did the Lakers figure out how to defend Shea? I don't really think that the Lakers um, played improved defense from what they typically do. Uh, you could argue that they were more engaged than they typically are. Uh, but overall, yes, the Thunder only scored 105 points, which in the modern era is not exactly a, a high-scoring affair. But they missed a ton of open quality looks that that if they go in right if those shots rim in then everyone in LA right now is talking about how disastrous this defense is for the Lakers the shots just didn't rim in and so it's a make or miss league and so now you act like that was fantastic defense so I I I struggle with the idea that the Lakers just like figured out the the thunder and figured out Shea everyone knew that that zone is a problem and and to their credit they played really good zone defense which is tough to do if that's not your normal shell. It's tough to just get into that and, and play zone defense and, and play discipline zone defense where you're not giving anything up. Uh, but the whole aspect of like defending Shea specifically, I don't think that they figured out. I don't think that they did that at a high clip outside of Shea just not having that same burst. Now, it, it, they, their, their athletic bodies make it easier to defend Shea. Uh, but overall, I, I don't think that if Shea was fully healthy, he would have had much trouble breaking free. The only aspect of this that I think you can look at and really dig into and really 
discuss at a deeper level of other than just saying, Hey, it's one game is the rotations. Cause the rotations have not just been one game and we're going to do that coming up. But first I want to say right now about our good friends over at BetterHelp. Check them out today at BetterHelp because if you could, uh, you know, use the, the benefits of therapy, if you've been thinking to yourself, you know, I really want to give therapy a try to empower myself, then you should go to BetterHelp because the common excuses for people who want to try therapy but end up not has, you know, a lot to do with just your busy schedule, with not having the time to actually go to an office building, not having the the ability to find uh, a quality therapist. BetterHelp takes all that away from you where they make it easy for you whenever you go to betterhelp.com and you go there right now to betterhelp.com slash locked in MBA. When you do, you get 10% off your first month. And what BetterHelp does, they have you fill out this entire questionnaire. And after you fill it out, they're going to match you with a licensed therapist. And hopefully you guys click right out of the gate and you can just continue on with your sessions and start the, the ability and the, and the benefits of therapy. However, if, if you don't exactly click with that first match, you can redo it and get another match for free until you find the right one. Uh, so you can, you'll get a free of charge recycling to a new therapist until you find the one for you. And a lot of people, you know, talk about new year, new you, but how about new year and you just work and improve on things that you're already great at and then add in uh, some things that you want to change as well. So check it out today at BetterHelp. Check it out today at betterhelp.com slash locked on NBA. Also want to say right now, my good friends over at FanDuel, <clears throat> check them out today at FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. When you do, you can place a $5 bet. And when you place a $5 bet as a new customer, you get 150 bucks in bonus bets guaranteed that $5 bet. Now with FanDuel, this is a great time to check it out because they have the NBA, they have the NFL playoffs, they have college basketball, they have the NHL, everything you could want they have for you, including tonight against the Clippers, the Thunder and Clippers on the second night of a back-to-back. The Thunder are six and a half point underdogs to the Clippers. Might want to jump in on that at FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. We're back on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast, on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your teams every day. Thank you so much for making us your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you, talking Thunder basketball. So I think that the rotations are something that I understand the frustration with. There's some other things in the takeaways that we're going to get to where, where you dropped your biggest takeaways down below. We're going to get to those and read them and, and discuss them. The rotations is one where I am totally in alignment with not quite understanding them. When you look at the Thunder's rotation, Aaron Wiggins, in my opinion, should never receive a DNP CD. He just shouldn't. He should never go a game without playing, period. He also should never go a game where he only plays five or less minutes. In my opinion, when you look at this roster, Aaron Wiggins is one of your best players off the bench. And he's consistently been one of your best players off the bench since he arrived in Oklahoma city. I don't believe that Wiggins is someone who, you know, for example, one, one possible theory would be it's the first night of back to back. It's a very, very, very condensed schedule. And maybe you need to, 
save some bodies for night number two. That makes sense, except for the fact that Aaron Wiggins is 25 years old and he averages five, you know, he averages 12, whatever minutes a game. Like Wiggins can handle a back to back. Wiggins can handle a shrunkated schedule. And you've already been limiting Wiggins' minutes and you've already had games like this where like Wiggins hardly plays or doesn't play at all. So, you know, the whole managing his minutes, we've never heard directly from, from Mark. What we've heard about Mark is rewarding other players and getting other players um, the opportunity. It's a long season and, and all those sort of things. I just think that Wiggins has kind of earned that reward as well of just like being a staple of the rotation. Like that's what he's earned through consistent play through consistent, uh, you know, just showing up and, and providing that effort and providing that energy that the Thunder needed, especially in games like this, where they did not quite have that kind of same bounce to them. But overall, you know, the Wiggins thing that is clearly going to be a, a, a me issue, so to say, where it's like, I have believed this about Wiggins since he arrived in OKC that that same feeling has not uh, been reciprocated on the court um, in that, in that same time frame. So clearly, you know, maybe it's, it's me that's off on that assessment. But whenever you look deeper into this rotation, uh, the other thing that's going to get brought up in the, in the takeaways is Josh Giddy starting. And, and even some people saying Lou Dort starting Lou Dort. I, I mean, I, I think that Lou Dort has, more than shown his value on the defensive end. And, and in this game, I don't think that he played bad at all. I mean, he was a, he was a minus two, uh, but he shot three for eight from three and uh, you know, got a steal and, and stayed in front and played physical defense, you know, the best he could uh, against a, a much larger matchup. I, I don't really have much gripes with Lou Dort's game. You know, Josh Giddy didn't have it tonight. Um, I, I thought that he started out better than he finished in this game. This is again, a tough matchup for Josh Giddy. Like, like you, you have, um, the athletic bigs that we talked about before, where where if they're playing off of you and roaming off of you to defend other people, uh, you, you can't exactly drive into that space. Similar to Boston, where like Boston used used Christoph Porzingis on him, and Porzingis was kind of waiting there at the rim. So Josh Giddy either had to shoot the three, or just pass it on an island where he's alone and pass it into into traffic, pass it into a, a more covered player. So you're not allowed to really drive into space whenever you have say a Porzingis waiting on you down low or an AD waiting for you down low, where they can just swat away your field goal attempt. And it results in five threes from Josh Giddy. He hit two of them, um, but it just was not the game for Josh Giddy. And that's okay. That's going to happen with players. It's going to happen in the course of a two game season for every player on the roster. But it wasn't as though Mark was slow to react to that. Josh Giddy played only 21 total minutes. Isaiah Joe played 20 minutes. Isaiah Joe played more second half minutes than Josh Giddy. Isaiah Joe played more fourth quarter minutes than Josh Giddy. So that is where I think that the criticisms of Mark is a bit unfair. Uh, yes, technically speaking, the sixth overall pick, Josh Giddy, is going through the player intros and is on the court for the opening tip-off. But that is one area where you cannot criticize Mark's ability or willingness to, to adjust. Because all season long, he's adjusted swiftly to getting Josh Giddy out of games where um, it, he's not suited to play. Like, like he, his skill set was not suited for this game, was not tailor-made for this game with how the Thunder want to play and how the opposition was trying to force the Thunder to play. It was not the game for Josh Giddy. And so I don't agree with that criticism. Now, the Wiggins criticism, 
I am personally going to always agree with that because personally I'm biased toward Aaron Rick Wiggins of thinking he's a really, really good basketball player. I think that he should always play. Uh, but the, the criticism of, of Josh Giddy to balance it out, I, I don't think is fair uh, to, to uh, act like the Thunder didn't adjust for Josh Giddy's poor play. They did. They, did, they didn't play him uh, 10 minutes. They didn't close with him. Uh, they didn't do uh, much with him in the second half. Now, you can discuss Usman Jang. It's interesting because I think that with Usman Jang, he played better than his box score showed, but his box score wasn't good. And he has been playing better in the G League. And I can see where at some point you've got to play your lottery pick and you've got to just see where they're at. It's kind of like those benchmark tests in school. At some point, you just got to take them, see where you're at, see what you need to adjust to moving forward. So I don't, so, so I don't think that this is a long-term thing to worry about. I think that this is this falls into the the one game and eight two game season worry about category. Yes, Jing played twelve minutes. Yes, the, the, the last the latter few minutes of Jing's rotation uh, felt a bit a bit kind of long or felt a bit like oh the Thunder had a better option. But overall, the idea of of playing Jing I, I don't disagree with. What I think this boils down to again is is make or miss. These big picture conversations are never had on Twitter after a win. Now we talk about them still on Locked on Thunder, but it's never happening on Twitter after a win. And the bottom line is everyone who is so fired up about Mark or discrediting Mark or the team right now, if Isaiah Joe doesn't go over six, if he makes two or three of those or two for 10 from the floor, if Isaiah Joe shoots better, right? which he typically does. This is a whole new game. If SGA didn't bump knees with Jaden Suggs Saturday, this is a whole new game. If Chet Holmgren hits one more of his four three-point attempts, this is a whole new game. Like, like those things add up over the course of the game to where it is a it is just simply a make-or-miss league, and, and fans are going to react. I still believe that the Thunder fan base, for the most part, especially localized fans, have a football mindset and a football mindset is not going to mesh with an 82 game season because in football, every loss does every loss is the end of the world in football. Every loss could be program defining is certainly season defining because you know, you can't afford too many of those. It's well, you know, that, that math changes a little bit with the 12 team playoff, but still it is season defining to lose a game in football. It is not season defining to lose a game in basketball. Even if you lost to the Pistons tomorrow, it would not be season-defining. The Thunder lost to the Pistons last year, and it was not season-defining. So I think that there are some things to be concerned about. Number one, playing against his own defense. Number two, playing against dueling athletic big men. And number three, the lack of Wiggins I personally am concerned with. You can, you can debate that all night long if you want to. But everything else that happened, the poor shooting, the 49 threes, I think it's just a byproduct of it being one game because I, I, I never got the feeling. I know some of you did because re- I've read all your takeaways. Even if we don't read them on the show today, uh, I've read all of them. We're going to get to a lot of them coming up, but I've read all of them. A lot of you feel like the Thunder settled for threes. I didn't personally believe that they settled for many of them. Um, I think that there was a couple of like from SGA specifically, like where, where SGA just like kind of 
settled for a step back three. Part of that, I think, might be possibly due to his knee, uh, you know, bothering him a little bit, where it's just easier to take that step back three than getting downhill. Uh, but I think that there, there are moments where they settled for a three. I'm not going to say that if you watched all 43s, you would not feel that way. But for the most part, I think that it was quality shots. You could argue that they should have pivoted off of that to where, which they did against Orlando. So again, they 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 had this issue against Orlando and course corrected in game. We've seen that they physically can do that. It didn't happen in LA. It didn't it didn't go that same way in LA. But we've already seen that they kind of checked that box, so to say. This is just one game. So I, I don't think that anything other than the zone defense, dueling athletic bigs, uh, and the lack of Wiggins is a is a long term freakout issue. And you can go back, and I, want, and I want all of you who are worried about the trade deadline and worried about if the Thunder will make a trade, go back and listen to the podcast that is titled Thunder Fans Are Preemptively Mad uh, About the Trade Deadline. The Thunder are going to make a move, and they're going to improve this team. I really do believe that. Um, so just give it time. Look around the NBA and, and, and dive into the history of the trade deadline. Like We never see a ton of moves right now. Like The, the, the moves get made. That's why everyone tweets out the corny joke, joke, pencils down, everyone, at exactly, you know, four o'clock or whenever the deadline strikes, because all these moves shuffle in right exactly at the deadline and on deadline day. Every move the Thunder made last year was on deadline day. The Hodge Gibson trade was on deadline day. Like all those things, all these things happen, right? So I, I think that the Thunder will continue to operate that way. And I think that they will improve their team whenever it comes time to. Now, coming up, we're going to read your takeaways uh, before we preview today's game against the Clippers. But first, I want to say right now, but good friends over at uh, Jace Medical. Go to jacemedical.com right now. And whenever you do, uh, you can uh, get the Jace case. And the Jace case is five antibiotics uh, to help treat um, you know, a ton of uh, anti, you know, antibiotics to help treat a long list of bacterial uh, illnesses. And, and they're able to um, you know, help you with infections as well. And, and among the other stuff, they can just help you out um, in, in case of a pinch, you know, the wintery storms coming in in Oklahoma, you know, maybe you can get out of the house, but had a sick uh, family member. You, you have what you need there uh, to, to better help uh, your, your household at jacemedical.com. Check it out today at jacemedical.com. Uh, whenever you do, use code locked on. When you use code locked on, you're going to get $20 off your order. Jace Medical is um, a, a visit to jacemedical.com. You complete this, this uh, physician encounter. And it will be reviewed by a board of certified physicians. And then your medications will be uh, dispensed to you at that time from a licensed physician uh, uh, at a fraction of the regular cost. So check it out today at jacemedical.com using code LOCKEDON and get $20 off of, uh, of your order. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner. And Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're back on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast, on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for making us your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you talking Thunder basketball. We're diving into your takeaways from this game. Uh, we're going to continue to go with, again, here, here's one where it's like criticizing Mark for, for, for Josh Kitty as a starter. 
I've said this since the Josh Giddy's struggling has begun. And I, I said it in the preseason, whenever we're discussing the starting lineup, it doesn't really matter who starts games. It matters who closes games. And we've already discussed Joe and, and Giddy. So I'm not going to get to another tangent again, but I think that Mark does a great job of managing whenever guys don't have it. I just don't think that I, I just, I just personally think that Wigan should play more. I also personally thought that Darius Basley should have played more as well. And we saw how that worked out. Um, no offense to G League All-Star Darius Basley. But moving forward, literally, he is, by the way, a G League All-Star. That was not a joke. You can you can look him up for the Delaware Bluecoats having a fantastic year. Uh, Sarah Rebuild says, uh, hope the Thunder take better shots and better care of the ball tomorrow. Stop jacking up a ton of threes uh, if if the Thunder are not hitting them. Wiggins minutes would have been nice tonight. Totally agree on Wiggins. Uh, the, the threes, I think that they did settle for some. Specifically, you know, step back threes. Overall, I was fine with the threes. Now, the turnovers things. I saw some people in the comments like like talking about how the Thunder's um, raw turnover number was good. 11 was was good in the, in the, in the modern NBA. What I think that it, uh, Sarah's actually right about is it was not the just raw number of 11, right? The number of 11 is good. It was the timing of the 11. You know, anyone can limit your turnovers to 11. It's the timing of it that, that really hurts uh, the Thunder in this case. Where there, were, there were a lot of turnovers down the stretch when you're trying to come back. You can't have that. There were turnovers in transition whenever you had an opportunity, a numbers to, to go get easy buckets. You can't have that. Uh, there were turnovers after stops where it's just you've, you've worked so hard to uh, stop the Laker um, attack and just kind of gave it away, so to say. So I, the, the the 11 wasn't the problem that I think Sarah is discussing. I think it's just the ball security of the timing of it, which I totally agree with. Like, I totally agree that like, if you only turn the ball over 11 times, right. And you, you, the opponent says you can either get 17 somewhat meaningless turnovers, or you can only get 11, but those 11 all come, you know, kind of in, in crucial moments of the game. And, and I'm not just talking about clutch time. I'm talking about when you're on a run, when you're, when you're chipping away at a lead, they're going to take the, 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 the impactful 11. So, so I agree with that. The Thunder have to do a better job of like, especially when they put themselves in a hole in the fourth quarter. Uh, it's unfair, but th- then at that point in the fourth quarter, you've got to be kind of perfect to, to, to fully get back into a game. Uh, rest shade tomorrow, which is now today. I, I, I don't know. Maybe they will. Um, it was interesting um, that, that he was able to play today. Who knows? We'll have to wait for the injury report, which will not come out until midday today. So it'll be a long ways away. Ultimately, they might, they might not. I don't really have a lean one way or the other. Uh, so, so we'll see. Uh, Craig says played hard. Sometimes shots don't fall. Uh, zone is still a bit of an issue. Totally agree. Uh, but against a bigger, older, stronger team, uh, the Thunder, uh, you know, kind of played into their style, and it's just one of those games not worth sweating too much over. Yeah, I think that I think that there'll be a time and place to sweat over this and the Kings and uh, some other you know Timberwolves, some other matchups when it becomes playoff time. And, and and like other than that, it doesn't it does not truly factor in uh, to this one game sample size. Now, if the if the Lakers and Thunder are matched up in the postseason and you're facing off with LeBron and AD in the postseason and the, and, and AD's been fantastic for OKC all season long, um, at that point, yeah, the Thunder are going to be behind the eight ball, but. No one's at that point yet. We're going to have to see how this team evolves, especially post-trade deadline. Uh, ben Boyer says, it doesn't seem like it was a Thunders game tonight. They played totally different than they normally do. Um, they were av- and avoided the paint. I, I, yeah, I think that the Thunder 
could have done a much better job of getting getting into the painted area. We talked about how uncharacteristic it is to get so thoroughly dominated in the paint, points in the paint category. They could have done a better job at that. Uh, I think part of that's due to turnovers. Part of that's due to they were generating open threes, thus taking open threes. Sometimes maybe, sometimes maybe you know the, the course correction would be if even if you get open three, still try to work for that. If it's early in the shot clock, still try to work for um, that opportunity in the paint. But it was hard to get by. Like credit to the Lakers and, and their zone, it was hard to get by. Um, and, and play inside. Uh, continuing on with these takeaways, um, obviously some of them are very, very, very extreme. Low energy for OKC. Yeah, I could see their low energy. That's why I kind of joked about it in the cold open of it, it was the it was a back to back leg number one that felt like a leg number two, which is dangerous uh, for what the Thunder are going to uh, are going to be walking into in leg number two. Let's talk about that real quick. The Clippers game. I appreciate everyone who dropped the takeaways. I read all of them. Uh, even if you didn't get onto the show, I, I apologize for that, but I did read them. I appreciate you dropping them and you'll get in on the next round. Clippers game. Game two today on the second night of a back-to-back. This is where I think the Thunder have another kind of test. To this point, they've been really good at um, kind of correcting the ship, riding the ship. Not sinking the ship, uh, whatever. Turning the ship around, riding the ship, I think is what it's called. They've done a really good job of that to this point in the season where, where they lose a game. You know, they've never had a losing streak larger than two this year. However, this is a really tough, tough situation. Not only are the Clippers really good, but it's the second night of back-to-back. And then you head from the second night of back-to-back to a road game in altitude against Salt Lake City, Utah Jazz. I don't know why I call them the Salt Lake City Utah Jazz, but that might be pretty catchy if you want to call them that. Like it's kind of like the uh, Angels of Anaheim, the Salt Lake City Utah Jazz, who are playing fantastic basketball right now and, and could easily beat anyone in the NBA right now with how they're playing. This has potential to spiral away on this on this road trip. You've been on the road for a long time. You've had the condensed schedule. Uh, you know SGA. He he. You know he has the the knee thing. We don't really know what that means for tonight's game or for the future. You know, this has a potential to spiral. This is yet another opportunity where this young team can really put their foot down and really just continue to show this uncommon maturity of, of what they've been able to show all year long. So I'm fascinated by this week where you're playing the Clippers tonight, really good team. Jazz on Thursday, playing excellent basketball, and uh, and Timberwolves on Saturday before you get a couple of, you know a couple of days off Sunday and Monday and play Portland. So Portland will stop the bleeding. For sure. But then you got, you know, in between this to Portland, you got to survive Clippers, Jazz, and Timberwolves, which we're going to have that all covered for you as well. So tomorrow's show will be a recap of this Clippers game. The next day, we're going to do Stock Watch, where we go through all 18 guys and say, is their stock rising or falling on this season? And then it'll be a, it'll be the Jazz recap and then the Timberwolves recap. And then away we go, continuing on. Locked on Thunder, your team every day. Subscribe for free across all podcasting platforms. So you never miss an episode and until tomorrow, be good and be good to one another. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.